Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales operations onto the show to deconstruct the why, what, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, the leading customer engagement platform for Salesforce. Welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. We are joined by Priya Vin of Domain Tools, who is currently the Revenue Operations Manager and also has a background actually in sales and I'm super excited to dig into this, um, have a, a remit that sits over, I assume, marketing, success and sales. So these are a couple of things I want to dig into in this recording. Priya, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, and let's kick off with the first question. How did you initially get into sales operations? So it was actually by accident. Um, when I moved to Seattle about six years ago, I started my role in sales development. Most people would call them sales development reps, account development reps. Um, but my background in school is in statistics. And so it was really, yeah. it was very uh, different from what I was doing in school. Mm. But um, it was my first introduction to sales my first introduction to Salesforce. And so I learned a lot. Um, So I was in that sales role for about a year and a half. And then I had the opportunity to move into the analyst role um, at the company that I was with. And that's where I learned everything I know about Excel, data visualization, um, you know, just working with large quantities of data and, when I was looking for my next career move, I was like, I love working with data, but I miss the energy that sales teams bring. Um, I think just, you know, the energy and the positivity. And so I was like, what if I find something that I can combine both with? But sales operations hadn't even crossed my mind. I think it was still such a new concept then. And so... It, and it honestly, it was by accident. I had a recruiter reach out to me being like, hey, would you be interested? And I was like, sure, why not? So I went to go interview with this company, no expectations, didn't know what I was getting myself into. But as soon as I finished interviewing, I was so excited because this was exactly where I wanted to take my career. Um, 
I loved speaking with, you know, the people I interviewed with, talking to them about ideas and processes and how to improve sales uh, in general at their company. And so I got on board and um, it was a brand new role for them. I was the only person doing it. And it was the first time I had stepped into sales operations. So a lot of learning on my end. Uh, Google ended up becoming my best friend. Mm. Um, I realized early on that if I had a question, other people had asked that question before. And so everything I learned, I had to Google or YouTube or join the Salesforce community. And it was definitely a steep learning curve. Um, so now I'm in revenue operations here at Domain Tools. And when I first joined, it took me a, it took me some time to figure out what's the difference between revenue operations and sales operations, right? Because in my mind, I thought they were the same thing. But um, it's still, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out where to take my role specifically. But uh, I'm really happy, you know, the journey that I came through because it was definitely windy, but I got where I wanted to be. Got it. So you... You had this passion for numbers and data, or, or you mm-hmm. had experience there. And then you also had experience in the actual selling part. And then you're kind of colliding these two things together. Exactly. Got it. Um, so just to give us an idea right now at Domain Tools, what's the size of the operations team? And then how many uh, reps or how many people are you supporting? Mm-hmm. So the way we're structured is I'm actually, I report to our finance department. And so my manager, he's the director of business intelligence and revenue operations. So he rolls up to the CFO. And then so we roll up to the finance organization. And then we also have a sales side. So we have our sales operations manager. And he reports to our senior vice president of sales and marketing and account management. Um, And the reason we have it structured like that is because we don't want to have those roles siloed where it, you know, sales operations is only looking at sales. We wanted to get more of a holistic picture. Um, how does, you know, our operations work from the top of the funnel all the way to when they become a customer and renew or expand. And so we've kind of separated ourselves out from sales in general. Um, and so we've got about five or six sales reps we've got four sbrs and i think we've got nine or ten account managers and then we've got uh about four or five people in marketing got it so you're saying that the separate sales operations team mm-hmm. that, that's kind of separate to you guys and yes. they roll up to the sales leadership you guys roll up to the finance leadership mm-hmm. okay awesome and but did you see each other like stepping on each other's toes or you, you like work together <laughs> um when so sales operations, uh, the person who's in that role has only been in that role for about three months. And so it's a new role for our company. Um, and that was our biggest fear uh, before we hired for this role was how do we ensure that there's enough work for everyone without stepping on each other's toes? And we've been very lucky where we've kind of established those lines Um I think the biggest reason we have those lines established is because we have open communication. Um, our finance, oper- like our revenue operations team and our sales operations team, we meet every week. 
to talk about anything on our list. Uh, we've got an ongoing document that we add to any situations that arise, any, you know, roadblocks that we're <clears throat> potentially facing. And so it's just been great open communication. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got it. No worries. Um, can you share more about the current sales tech stack that you guys are using at Domain Tools? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so Salesforce for CRM. We use Outreach. It's our sales engagement platform, uh, primarily where SDRs are using to communicate with prospects. LinkedIn Sales Navigator, Discover Org, um, Tech Target, WebEx, and DocuSign. Cool. So, yeah, the, 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 the second and the third final ones, I didn't, I wasn't aware of. Can you, can you share them again? Uh, do you mean Tech Target, WebEx, and DocuSign? Yeah. So yeah, tech target. Tech target is I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, continue. Yeah, so tech target is a new one for us. We actually purchased it to understand purchasing behavior of our prospects. Um, you know, understanding, you know, budget cycles. Um, when is the best time to reach out? When is the best time they're going to be purchasing? WebEx we use primarily for all of our meetings with our prospects, any demos that we do, we utilize WebEx. And then DocuSign is our um, electronic signature platform. So any contracts that need to go through, any renewals that need to go through, uh, we really try to utilize DocuSign. Um, we've noticed that trying to get wet signatures on documents takes time. And, uh, you know, people are not in the office or they may be traveling or they're on vacation. And, you know, sometimes we have to wait a week for them to come back. But if we're able to just electronically send it to them, regardless of whether they're uh, on a work trip or on the beach or wherever, they can open up their phone, look through the document, electronically sign it, send it back, and we're good to go. Awesome. Yeah. Um, is are your team responsible for data quality and Salesforce or is that sit with the sales operations team? So that is a great question. Um, data quality is always an ongoing topic for us, uh, especially who's responsible for managing it. And we, you know, we're really trying to use the motto, if it's not in Salesforce, it didn't happen. Um, we used to run into a lot of issues where people wouldn't trust the data we had in Salesforce. And so when we would meet with uh, go-to-market leadership and we would discuss numbers, whether it be, you know, the quarterly goals or the ARR or our customer account, everyone would have their own numbers. And it was so frustrating trying to figure out where did, you know, person A pull their number from? Where did person B pull their number from? You know, where do we pull our number from? And we finally realized because no one trusted the data, people would download things into Excel, manipulate the data their own way and come up with a number. Mm -hmm. And the amount of meetings we had was just incredibly frustrating, I think, for everyone in that position. And so we were talking about it. We were like, is it on sales operations? Is it on revenue operations? Or is it on the individual teams? Um, and I think the solution that we came up with was that Revenue operations and sales operations would be the spot checkers. They would be kind of the gatekeepers of what goes to finance, um, you know, what goes to leadership that's ready to, you know, the data that we need to pull or invoices that need to be sent out. 
But at the end of the day, it's still on the individual teams and their managers to ensure that quality data goes in. Um, and we needed a way to ensure that teams were actually, you know, inputting the right data. And the best way to do that was to show their managers, hey, here are our quarterly numbers for, you know, Q4. And they'd be like, wait, we are missing like $200,000. Why is that? And it'd be like, well, good question. It's because person XYZ forgot to put this in there. And so to have hardcore data to show them, you know, this is what people are inputting. This is the data we're collecting. Really gave them an idea of, you know, what to talk to their team about in terms of data quality and what should go in, what shouldn't go in. So it was very helpful. But we wanted to put the emphasis on the teams instead of it being in on our, you know, lap. Got it. And then moving to your, well, Ashley, are you guys directly interacting with the people in the sales team or is that mm-hmm. the other sales ops team? You are. Primarily the other sales ops team, um, which is why it's so nice to have uh, weekly meetings with them because yeah. the way our office is structured, you know, we have like a, we're kind of separated. We sit more on the front of the office with the engineering team, whereas sales is kind of towards the back of the office and we don't get to see them a lot. And so if there's any issues happening or, you know, people are facing roadblocks, they're not, I want to say people are the most comfortable coming and saying, I have a problem unless we, you know, we go directly and ask them. Um, And so to have representation on that side is key, Um, you know, because we're all on the same page when it comes to revenue operations and sales operations. It's really easy for us to go through and talk about, you know, what's happening with the sales and account management SDR teams. Got it. So your team don't directly work with a sales function. We do and we don't. We do because we're kind of the, I guess, the gatekeepers of everything. Uh, the ones that are out there creating processes the ones that are out there creating, um, you know, different, figuring out different tools to use with the sales team. Um, but the people actually sitting there is sales operations, if that makes sense. Yeah, awesome. So from your work with the sales operations team, what are you guys doing at the moment to make the sales reps more productive? We're transitioning to Lightning. And it is a big, big project for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taken us almost a year to, you know, make sure we transition properly. Um, the last thing we want to do, we all know people don't like change, especially sales folks. They don't like change. You know, they're kind of set their ways, especially if they've been there for a while. And so any new tool or process that you bring in is kind of a, you know, big deal. And so we wanted to ensure that transitioning to Lightning would be as smooth as possible. So with that, you know, we're trying to automate as much as we can. The last thing we want is to make more admin work for our reps, um, more burden on them to fill out, you know, X amount of fields. We want to do that. If we can automate it, we're going to automate it. Um, and we really want to suck silo the different stages we have in our sales operations or sales path um, 
instead of, you know, right before an opportunity gets to close one, you know, reps will be scrambling to get like 50 different fields filled out. Um, and it takes a long time, you know, and especially if you're trying to close out like five opportunities in one day, that's a lot of fields you need to fill out. So what our plan is that each stage is going to have maybe two to three key field requirements. And so you only have to focus on those few fields at each stage. And so by the time you get to closed water processing, you maybe have to fill out who their billing contact is and ensure the products are correct and you're good to go. You know, you don't have to scramble trying to find, you know, PO number or PO notes or use case or you know, whatever the case may be, it's already done and it's very siloed. So you're not worried about having to do everything all at once. Got it. So you're, you're essentially trying to give time back to the sales reps so they can do yes. more time, like selling. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's, um, it's an ongoing issue of yeah. making sure that reps have time to do their job, um, mm. but are still getting the information we need from them. Yeah, this is like the big dilemma, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. you want to give them more time, but you also need a certain amount of information. What? Um, it, how did you pitch implementing to Lightning to the sales team? Good question. Um, it, we it was a lot of trial and error for us. You know, as I mentioned before, any new process or tool that you bring in people will have a hard time adjusting to just because it's a disruption in their day, right? Um, it means taking more time out of their day to learn something that they may or may not care about. Um, and, you know, it for initially it was, we would kind of just tell them what to do and have maybe in-person training sessions. And the feedback was, you know, we weren't taking their ideas into consideration. We really weren't. Uh, it felt more like us forcing them versus there being an initiative for them to change their behavior. And so what we realized was we needed to gradually introduce new ideas to them. And so when we were planning on transitioning to Lightning, we've actually started mentioning this to them almost at the beginning of the year. Um, in stand-ups, team meetings, emails, you know, any type of communication that we can do. Basically, we over-communicate that, hey, we're transitioning to lightning. It's coming. Be prepared. So now it's gotten to the point where they've heard it so much. They're like, okay, when are you going to do it? Just do it. You've been telling us for the past year. Um, But we also have started doing uh, more team-focused meetings. And so getting a couple of representatives from each team to be um, kind of our champions and testers and you know basically have their buy-in making sure that their team's voices have been heard um any processes or you know any roadblocks or new ideas that they have we want to make sure we implement in lightning uh so that way when we do roll it out it really is you know for the reps um more so than for us we because the last thing we want is to say here's lightning we transition because it's pretty no one cares right it's mm-hmm. really what's in it for them how is it going to make their work easier how is it going to benefit them and so we're really trying to focus our transition to this is how your workload is going to get easier this is how you're going to reduce your admin time and this is how it's going to benefit you uh, in closing more deals because essentially that's what we want
Got it. Um, are your team responsible for the, the forecasting process? So, yes, but it's also um, a it's also an effort from five different teams. So it's revenue intelligence, sales operations, finance, leadership, product, and sales, excuse me, six different teams. And mm-hmm. so generally forecasting will start a few months before the new year and um, we'll forecast a few years out. And it's constantly an ongoing process. Um, so our team is responsible for capturing the data that is in Salesforce, which goes back to why data quality is so important for us, is because if we can't capture the right information of what we've done in the past, we're not going to be able to capture what we did properly. Um, one of the biggest free things is pipeline management. Um, if we want to forecast, hey, this is how much we're expected to close in Q1 or Q2 or Q3 of next year, we want to make sure that our pipeline is actually accurate. We don't want all opportunities to have the close date of you know, Q4 of 2018. And when we look at Q1 of 2019 or Q2, we may only have $20,000 in our pipeline because we know that's not accurate. We know that, you know, not we're not going to have eight, nine million dollars closing in Q4. I mean, if we did, that would be fantastic. But, you know, just based on historic data, we know that's not the case and things are going to get pushed out. And so the last thing we want is for us to report we only have twenty thousand dollars in our pipeline when in reality it's so much more. Got it. And penultimate question on KPIs. From your experience in sales and from your impressions, what's like a really insightful sales KPI that you've been measuring? I would say one of the biggest ones for us um, when it comes to existing customers is comparing what our previous ARR is versus what we've com- what we've closed excluding expansions, because I think when you add expansions on top of your, you know, goal, I think it's a very inflated number. Um, You know, we've noticed that initially it made our numbers look so great. Oh my gosh, we're doing so well. You know, look how much we closed this year versus last year. But then when we actually broke it down and looked at, well, you know, last year we had $3 million of ARR that we needed to close. This year, we only ended up closing $2 million of that $3 million. You know, that tells us a completely different picture because we can have another $2 million on top of expansion or uh, as expansion revenue. But, you know, when you see, when you compare apples to apples, it tells us a completely different story. And so that's really helped us narrow down, you know, are we renewing at the same rate an increased rate, or are we actually renewing at a decreased rate and just adding a larger expansion on top? And what do you call that metric or that that strategy for measuring? So we call that uh, previous ARR versus gross ARR. Got it. Yeah. I honestly don't know if that's the standard term. That's just kind of what we call it internally. It may be completely wrong, but, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, awesome. And the final question, who in the world of sales and revenue operations has uh, inspired you? So, as I mentioned, when I first got into this role, um, 
I had to learn a, a lot of things myself. But when I moved to Domain Tools, my manager, he is a wizard. He, like, the amount of stuff he knows is ridiculous. And mm. anytime I have any question or get stuck on anything, he somehow knows the answer. And it's so great to have someone like that be my manager, to learn from, to um, just get so much experience. Got it. And do you have his name? It's Wee Sun. Wee Sun. And yeah, his so Wee, if you're listening, I'm giving yeah, you a shout out. Yeah, shout out to Wee. Um, <laughs> and his, he, okay, so he, I think you mentioned his job title earlier, right? I'm he, sorry? I think you mentioned his job title earlier. Yes, he's well, Director of Revenue Operations and Business Intelligence. Got it. Awesome. Um, okay, cool. So I've got a couple of things here that I, that I particularly liked. Um, the motto that you've used, and I, I can imagine it's having a great impact on data quality is if it's not in Salesforce, it didn't happen. And so you just get people repeating that in the office, right? And you just, just drill that in and in theory, you get the behavioral change. Um, interesting metric that I'd never heard before. So tracking previous ARR versus growth ARR. Mm -hmm. And then if, if, if they're going to help you tell whether you're, how well your renewals are performing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have here, yeah, what's in it for them when you're trying to do something new for the sales team? It's really important to try and communicate to them what they would get out of the thing that you're doing. Um, so Priya, thank you so much for your time and thank, thank you for you. coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified Podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.